Welcome back to Out of Range. I'm Craig. I'm James. <laughs> I'm Dave. You didn't tell us we were going to do that. This is we had to our, improvise. Yeah, this is our uh, semi-regular show about real things, diabetes. Yeah. We've got James and Dave filling in for Laura this week. Are we put together? Are we a Laura? We'll do a poll. I mean, honestly. Afterwards. That is, I mean, she's... Big shoes to fill. Truly. Truly. Yeah. Um, so for people who don't know the three of us, I mean, this is also kind of exciting because it's like three guys and I don't know. That's pretty cool. That Very is exciting. Cool. That's, that is, I, I know a, a big complaint of, that people have with the world of podcasts. Can it be more white guys? Yeah. There's just not enough. Yeah. Um, and we were all diagnosed in, at very different ages. Yes, we were. I was 13. James was 19 or 18. 18, 19. I was, geez, what was I? 43? Something like that? Yeah. And yeah, somehow we all kind of found each other through meetups, this mm -hmm. podcast, mm -hmm. running. The, the type one social world. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know, it's interesting that like, people always say this about, maybe not always say that, but you hear the thing like, not that they like love type one, but it, it made them like a better person. Mm -hmm. I think it's, could be true. It's probably true. It's hard to know right. what I would be like without type one, but it, right. it's definitely interesting to see the people you meet because of it, that just sort of become your friends, you know, just because they have it. And even if you, hang out and you're not talking about type one. It's just this weird way it's brought you together. Yeah. No different than, I don't know, working at the same place. You just meet people. Right. But it's also, I mean, there is, like you've said, like we do kind of all at least try to help each other out a little bit. And so there is that like base level of, of like curiosity about the other person's experience and eagerness to help and altruism and whatever. Like Empathy that's, and yeah, I think that adds a lot. Definitely. Just knowing that, I don't know, our experiences are so different, but they're also so similar. Yeah, totally. I, uh, and God, this was maybe a year or two after I got diagnosed, I went and saw a show at UCB in New York and, uh, and it was like a cage match show. So it was like two different teams and whatever. And there and, um, and one of the guys like went off after a scene, like went off to the side of the stage cause he wasn't in the next scene. And I saw him like pull out a little thing and like prick the finger and just test very quickly. And I was like, ah, one of us. <laughs> so I like made a beeline for him after the show. And it was just like me too, man. And he was like, all right. And we didn't really have a whole lot to talk about, but yeah. it was just that one little moment of recognition. And he was like, Hey, it's good to meet a fellow traveler, man. And I was like, yeah. yeah. And there's just like little things like that are really nice. Mm -hmm. They're really nice. Yeah. You know, and the other, you know, outside of here, outside of LA, you know, just in the, the broader world, people I know have a couple of friends from high school who are type one, who weren't in high school and, uh, and other people I know from other aspects of my life. And we just kind of check in on that level in, you know, kind of when we see each other and that's, that's nice. Yeah. You know, it's, I don't know, something I don't have with anyone else. I was in an airport last year in Canada and uh, <clears throat> standing in the security line, there was a family behind me and they saw my Dexcom and <clears throat> I guess they were Canadian, but they lived in Singapore and their son had just been diagnosed. And so they came back to Canada for the, 
I guess, for the medical care and stuff. And so they were on their flight back to Singapore after the diagnosis. So it was pretty cool to just like run into that little kid and be like, yeah, you yeah. know, it's not going to affect you that much. I'm yeah. pretty normal. Yeah. Look, <laughs> you could see me taking a shot. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. Um, and I don't want to. Okay. So I was, I was at home uh, for a family wedding about a month ago. And I went out with a friend from high school and a mutual friend, like someone else we knew from our sort of, whatever, from our high school sort of broader social circle. Um, uh, and, and this was the, the guy that I was out having drinks with was another person who was diagnosed in adulthood from my high school class, which by the way, there were 49 of us and three of us were diagnosed all in our forties. Very strange. A lunch food. Could have been, could have been, I don't know. Um, anyway, so someone else that we know, um, has a daughter who was just diagnosed at age six or eight or something like that. And, uh, and so my friend was saying like, I, you know, I went to him, like, I found out about it through, you know, a Facebook group or some kind of something like that. And, uh, and I was just like, I called just to say, Hey, listen, I have it. If you know, this is a, it's a confusing thing. If you have any questions, if there's anything I can help you with, just let me know. And the guy was like, no, we got it. We got it. We got it. We got it. Like he had gone to, he went on Amazon and bought the three books and was just like, we got it. We got it. And you know, it's the early months and you know, I guess probably school is out so they can monitor the kid a little bit more closely or whatever. So for the moment they do have it, you know, but it is not a thing that you can have, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I know this guy, I know this guy whose daughter it is. And I know him to be a person who's just like, I'm just going to read up and then I'm going to know everything that you can know and then it'll be fine. And like, yeah, I mean, that'll get him 80% of the way there, but you know, it's the other 20% is really mercurial and crazy. Yeah. You, know? you were just on a, another podcast a week or two ago. Was I? Um, Oh, uh, just between us. Just between us. I was, yeah. And you, which turns out to be this crazy popular podcast. Yeah. I never. The world is so strange right now. I know both of those women, and they're super talented writers and everything. And and I knew that they had this podcast, but then I did it, and it was like a billion people in my circle were like, oh, "Wow, you were on that show!" Really? Yeah, it's weird. And uh, so you you were on, and you talked a lot about type one. I did. Was that the plan going in? Not really. Okay. Not did really. they know much about it or did you just no, started, they didn't. you just went yeah, in? Yeah. I don't know. It just sort of, I don't know. It was interesting hearing your conversation of. Good. Okay. But what was, what got me thinking while I was listening is like, they knew nothing about type one. Right. Which you can um, expect. They didn't really know anything about type two. They just right. kind of had known the word diabetes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it was interesting hearing you try and explain type one. I'm sure like I got it on a podcast, wrong. like not about type one. Yeah. Um, to two people who have no idea. Yeah. And are obviously trying to, you know, not make it seem like they have no idea what's going on, but yeah, uh, they were, they seem very interested. Well, they're, um, yeah. I mean, they're curious young, but yeah. What people. is, how do you, how do you explain type one to someone? Uh, like what, what is the elevator pitch? Oh God. Um, it's a thing I still have to do with my mother a lot. Okay. Um, just because it's, you know, it's, it's a big, broad thing. And it happened when I was not a child, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, so there's a limit to how much she had to know. And because it is such a weird thing, 
you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's the kind of thing where like anytime we're about to sit down and have a meal and I have to like jab myself in the stomach, it's like, it's a conversation. So I guess it is, um, and I'm still kind of trying to explain it to myself. Honestly, it's still relatively new. Um, it is, uh, I, I, it is a condition wherein I have to take over the job of one of my organs that doesn't work. Right. And so I have to do the work of keeping my blood sugar within a healthy range. So eating makes it go up and insulin makes it go down and exercise also makes it go down. And I like to exercise and I also like to have insulin so that I don't die. So I have to also make sure that those two things don't work together in a way that like becomes greater than the sum of the individual parts and makes me go low and pass out. If I'm a little bit high, that's not the worst thing. But if I stay high and and I keep going, then, you know, then I die in a slower way. But if I, if I go low, then I could, you know, pass out behind the wheel of my car or out on a run or something like that. I don't know. How much of that do you think the average person gets when you tell them like, at what point do their eyes glaze over? Like almost immediately. Okay. (laughs) Almost immediately. Yes. James, do you have a pitch? How do you explain it? Well, <clears throat> most people are not really that interested. So yeah, so you just think they just when, don't even care. They yeah, just, I assume generally that you know they're asking because they're being polite. So I try and keep it brief. Mm-hmm. Okay, but if they express curiosity and interest, then I'll go a little bit more in depth. Yeah, yeah. People know sugar and coma. So so like I'll get a thing sometimes if I'm at like a birthday party and the cake comes out. It's like watch out, you'll go into a coma, and it's like. That is not how that works at all. No. Like if, you know, yeah, no, I can, I can eat that. I can eat that. Yeah. The coma mm-hmm. comes from the other thing from too much, too much insulin, too little sugar. Yeah. But no one understands. Nobody yeah, understands. That's completely. Not, so, so if you could, you know, if, if you were granted a wish or you had a magic wand and yeah. you can make people understand one thing about type one, mm. What would that thing be? Oh boy. Um, is there one thing? Like, uh, like what would be the one thing? Like, I, I know one or, common complaint is is okay. like people say like, oh, I hate it when people say I can't eat that and I really can't eat that. That's annoying, but I don't care. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, <clears throat> I can I can eat whatever I want. I can eat whatever I want. I just um, one thing I do say is that although I can't eat anything I want. I can't do it mindlessly. So if I'm going to go to McConnell's and get a pint of ice cream, I, I have to know that I'm going to eat at least half of that pint of ice cream because it's there and it's delicious and I'm high. Um, so like, I know that I'm going to be taking in an enormous amount of like sugary calories that'll hit me at a weird time. And so because I'm going to do that, I have to time it out and think about the units that I'm going to be taking and when I'm going to be taking it and how much exercise I got that day and how sensitive I'm going to be and all that kind of thing. And that about half the time makes me go like, I'm actually not going to have this pint of ice cream. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm just not like the, the, the impulsive mindless eating goes away, you know, cause it can't be mindless and it can't really even be all that impulsive. There's a certain degree of planning that has to take place. So right? it's, it seems like what you want people to understand is the work, the sheer amount of like yeah, mental gymnastics that yeah. go on yeah, with not even just enjoying a pint of ice cream, but mm-hmm. to a greater extent, just living. Right. Like we just ate dinner. Right. You know, you had to know how many carbs are, am I eating? 
what time should I eat that? What's mm-hmm. my blood sugar? Which way is it going? Mm-hmm. How have I been today? What's the know? time of day? Like yeah. I'm, I'm really super sensitive in the late afternoon and I don't know why. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just shit like that. There, there's a lot of just thought that goes into it. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, James? Yeah, no, I agree. But I guess uh, <clears throat> over time, like I've learned that I don't really, there's nothing that I really want people to understand. Like I don't care because I know that people are not going to understand whatever it is you want them to understand mm-hmm. unless they really care about you and have a lot of time, in which case it's kind of like a moot point. Well, let me spin it this way. Friend or family member or your wife, like is there one thing that you wish like she would just, she could understand whether it's, I don't know, not necessarily you just saying it, but it's, is there something about living with disease, this disease that you wish she would just get in a way that maybe only someone with type one can get? No, I mean, my wife is pretty good about it because <clears throat> as a significant other, you have to live with the person day in, day out. So she's got a pretty solid understanding of it. And okay, there's a certain depth that you can't go without having type one, but I wouldn't want her to have to, you know, have type one in order to understand it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I think my family, like even my parents, like Dave, you were saying, because you were diagnosed older, your parents don't really understand. Same thing for me. Mm -hmm. You know, my dad finally has sort of like in recent years understood the kind of work aspect to it and the mental energy, but even people who know you really well and have known you for years don't necessarily just get that. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what kind of draws the type ones together is that we're the only ones who can understand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. It's like being a vet who served in combat, like the only people who understand what it's like to be there. Right. You know, you can't watch a movie and get it right. Like that, first 12 minutes of saving private Ryan isn't the same, Yeah, but you being there, you, you see someone else, you know, in uniform and like, they get it. Right. And we our uniforms, you know, the Dexcom sunburn I have on my arm or, right. you know, the tubing in your pocket, like that's like our, that's our uniform. Yeah. And we're like, yeah, you've, you've been through that. You've been yeah. through fruit snacks at three in the morning. Right. You know, when, you know, falling out of bed right. kind of thing or, Dropping on a run. And it doesn't need to be even a conversation. It's just like, you get it. Yeah. It can just be a look, which Mm -hmm. is really nice. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Do you think um, your relationship with other people with type 1 has changed over time? Like from when you were first diagnosed and... Hmm. I didn't... So for the first 10 years, I didn't know any type 1s, except for maybe like one or two very occasional brief encounters, but, um, yeah. So I've only really known other type ones in the last couple of years or so. And that relationships maybe changed because when I first met type ones after 10 years of not knowing anyone's type one, it was like, Oh, my mind is blown. Like, Holy shit. Like there's actually other people who are similar to me that like are going through the same thing. And then, you know, over time, like being kind of heavily involved with the type one community, I mean, maybe it's dulled that a little bit. Like it's not so exciting anymore, but you know, it's just, it's still valuable to me, but just in a different way, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you're very involved with the type one community in the (sighs) sense that you essentially run type one run 
and manage social media. So you are seeing people's posts and you are reposting stuff every single day. You think that constant, I don't know, barrage of diabetes has changed, I don't know, how you look at type one or how you look at other people with type one? Like, are you ever just like, like you just want to like turn the switch off and just be like, you know, change the password and then like delete, you know, the app? No, I mean, it gets tiring. Like a lot of the people I hear through type one run or people who they don't know other type ones or, you know, they're going through something and they want to meet other people. What gets tiring to me is more the people posting ads for low carb foods or whatever Mm -hmm. that are like trying to make a career out of it. Like you go to a meetup and then you feel like you're exchanging business cards or something like those people kind of, it gets a little exhausting after a while. But if it's somebody who's like, Hey, I live in this town. I've never met any other type ones or I'm struggling with running. I'm always uh, super open to that. Like I never really get tired of that. Yeah. It's a good feeling. And Dave, you, and I remember this because I was there, mm-hmm. your first meetup mm-hmm. that was very soon after being diagnosed. Yeah. It was uh, within a month or two. Yeah. Cause I'm in a similar boat with James. Like I, I knew a few people with type one, right? Just in high school, right? right. Uh, we never talked, you know. And people I was in like the same class with, like, you know, high school is like I was yeah. in the wrong, I was in the wrong group. Sure, she was in the better group. Couldn't talk. Yeah. Um, even when we're like in the nurse's office testing next to each other, you know, never anything. Yeah. And it wasn't until yeah after college, right, that right. I like went to my first like JDRF, you know, event. Yeah. Met people and like, oh wow, like there are other people I can talk to them. Like people understand it. And it was funny because it was like, it was like the garden of Eden biting into the apple and like gaining all this knowledge that I didn't know I didn't have before. Right. Like I didn't realize I was missing having people to talk about this with yeah. because i never knew that was an option. Yeah. So suddenly it was you know, you, you bite into it and it's, wow, all of these people I can talk to, all of these things I can do, all of these things I can go to. And yeah, I don't know. It, it's weird to think back of like in college, like how I survived on Diet Coke and Reese's Pieces. Wow. But you can do it. But I did. And, you know, my friends who who knew me, they knew I had type one. Right. And no one But they didn't no know how cared. to advise you or- no, and they weren't going to. I mean, we would joke right. like, oh, yeah, Craig's, you know, eating Reese's Pieces again because I yeah. love Reese's Pieces, right? <laughs> or, you know, the the one joke we had once was we, uh, uh, there was a Chipotle right by campus we'd go to, you know, every so often. And right next door was a Cold Stone yeah. ice cream. Oh, my God. And, Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> uh, we, so we would go and we, we would do both, obviously. Right. Because they're next to each other. Right. And you can't have dinner if you don't have dessert. And so I pre-bolus for, oh God, I don't even know, like the sheer amount, like it gives me chills now to think giving myself that much insulin for like an entire, much? well, like a Chipotle burrito. Oh that's God. like what? 120 grams of carbs. God almighty. And then cold stones, probably another 80 to a hundred. Like those things are yeah. monsters yeah. of just ice cream and syrup and yeah. brownies. Like, yeah, bad. Pre-bowl is the whole thing, right? Because I was oh on, I was still on shots. No yeah. Dexcom, right? Uh, 
but you probably have like, yeah, this is, I can, like, I can see a, how like visibly shaking you are. At a campfire. So three bowls for Ling. We've done this before. It was fine. Eat, you know, Chipotle. And sure. then we're sitting outside and then all of a sudden like the lights go like off on like the block. We're like, that's so weird. Like what happened? We try to, uh, you know, we finish eating and we go to Cold Stone and it's closed because the power's gone out. Oh, and so they're out of business. And I'm like, okay. I I look at my friends and I'm I'm gonna die. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like I literally just looked at them like with like not joking. Like I have I don't know, eight to ten extra units of insulin on board that I have no way of eating. Yeah. And it was, you know, the way to get back to get more food was a ten minute walk. Yeah. So now I've I have, I have this pre-bolus. I've now walked 10 minutes and it was by all the candy I could. Of course. Just on campus and just eat all of it. Jeez. That's really scary. And we would joke, you know, for like, you know, for years afterwards. Oh, remember that time that yeah. we tried to get ice cream? But they don't the get how out? scary that is. That I, I could, I would have died. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember in high school, uh, the little sister of a, of a friend of mine would sometimes come along with us when we would go out and whatever. And she was diabetic. Mm-hmm. Um, this friend's father and little sister were, were diabetic. And, uh, and I remember a couple of times, like she was a year or two behind us. And, uh, and, and just a couple of, like, we'd be on our way from one thing to another thing. And she'd be like, I, I remember the, the, the terminology was, I'm having an insulin reaction. Can we, can we pull over at that 7-Eleven? Mm-hmm. And she would just go get a Slurpee or a, you know, a thing of sweet tarts or something. And she'd be fine. But like looking back, this would, this would have been the eighties. She just like took a bunch of insulin and then ate some food. And then it was just like, well, we'll just, and there was no, there was no way of testing whether she was high or low. She just kind of felt low and was like, oh, I need to, I need to not be. That does sound more like an insulin reaction. Yeah. When you really have no idea, like the insulin's doing, I don't know what it's doing. Right. right? I have no idea where I am, what's going on. And now she's on a pump and I'm sure she's got the Dexcom and she's all dialed in. But like, you know, when she was 16, it was just like, can we pull over so I can get an orange juice or something? And I knew, I knew she was regulating her body in some way. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's what she knew, but that's kind of all that anybody knew. You know, and if you think about uh, Jerry, Jerry is a guy who's 60, just turned 60, 60, yeah. 60, you know, he just, he got through his life with no, no way to immediately test, you know, no. And, and like the, the early things of like putting insulin in your body, I don't know even how that would work. Boiling needles and stuff. Yeah. 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 You just put a bunch in and then have a bunch of food and hope that you did it right. I guess. I have no idea. And you live. Your body wants to live. Yeah. Strange. So, so we, I know we talked about this. I'm pretty sure we talked about this on mm-hmm. your episode of Beta Cell. Uh-huh. My award-winning episode of Beta Cell. Award-winning. My, my Abetic Award nominated episode. <laughs> episode. Beta Cell. So you, um, you, you talk about your first meetup and how scary yes. that was going in. It was. But then- Great. Like yeah. once you're in there, right? Yeah, totally. Um, you, a couple you, people had t-shirts for sale and I was like, I, yeah. no, no, it's too soon for me. <laughs> How long after being diagnosed do you have until you have to buy your first t-shirt? Is there like a grace period you get? Well, or, I'm, I'm still in it. It might've changed now. Oh, you know what? No, that's not you true. I do have, I do have at least three type one run t-shirts. Okay. 
um, which I love and wear proudly. Yeah. Yeah. Those don't count. <laughs> yeah, they don't count. You're absolutely right. But I, yeah, I'm not, I, yeah. If, if it's, you know, before I do the one that has the, you know, uh, bolus for bolus for bagels, whatever. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. That's very, if you want to, that's fine, but it's not for me. Pretty soon we're going to get to the point where when you're diagnosed, you, you just get these. In fact, the nurse brings us in. It's like, yeah. oh, here's your meter. Yeah. Here's your uh, pen of Lantus. Here's yeah. your pen of Humalog. Here's your t-shirt. Uh-huh. Here's your bag. Yeah. Um, here's a, uh, yeah. Here's like a little here's, plush here's doll some... of a, a pancreas with its tongue out. Cause it's taunting you. Here's a few griff grips. Here's some yeah. low carb cookies. Yeah. You should have that. You should have that. This should be a thing. It should be a diabetes welcome wagon. Yeah. I feel like we have things like that for like JDRF, but they're all just like self-help books. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. No, we need just, we need the influencers on this. I will tell you, I, I went and this is no knock on JDRF, but that was one of the first stops I made. The thing is like, I, I'm, I'm privileged in that I have a high-ish profile job, right? And I have like a, you know, medium sized profile on, in like social media or whatever. So I'm able to like get meetings and stuff with people if I, if I want them and I, and that, that became a thing that was very important right away. It was like, I want to identify some people and I want to just sit down across from them. And I'm aggressive about getting that done. So, so I wanted to meet Eric Tozer right away. You know, yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to like everyone I knew who was like type one and active, I wanted to meet. And then I wanted to sit down with JDRF and, and truly at this stage, I mean, I'm, you know, maybe, maybe two months after my diagnosis, I just want some practical tips. And, and so I went and I met with someone there and and really it was just like, come to the gala, buy a table at the gala. You know, it was just yeah. like, here's where you donate money. And that kind of thing. Like very little in the way of practical. Mm-hmm. Like, of course I do want to do those things. And if, you know, when I have the means, I will absolutely buy a table and all that. But I, I was very much in a, in a place of like, I really, like I basically went to the, the head of the JDRF for Los Angeles and was like, so if I want to have a bagel, what do I do? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I didn't, I needed that level yeah. of advice, which I did get from, you know, from that meetup and from the people that I met at that meetup and all that. So do you think over time, um, how long has it been now? It's been a couple of years. About five years. Five years already. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know, do you think you're, you're I don't know, your opinion towards the community has changed um, or have you gotten everything you can get out of the community? Oh, I don't think I've gotten everything you can get out of it. Given milk. Because everything dry. is always changing, you know, yeah. and now, now people are looping and there's, yeah. you know, there's a whole next level and all that. Um, no, I mean, I think it's, you know, at first I really did need like, you know, my, my questions were like, how do I live? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what if I want to, like, you know, if, if I was sitting down across from somebody and like having a meal, it truly was like, oh, there's your food. What are you going to do? You know what I mean? Like tell, yeah. talk me through what are you going to do and when and, and all that. And like, how do you know if it's working and what do you do if it's not working and all that kind of thing. I don't need that as much anymore. But I also know that I can uh, in, in not super necessarily really active ways, I can also provide that. Mm-hmm. So like talking about it, and being open about it in the, you know, in social media and on podcasts and in things that I write and whatever. Um, I know that I'm like doing the thing that I needed a few years ago, which is just like being somebody who's living with it and not in the hospital all the time. 
you know, that's nice for people to see. It's pretty cool that, you know, when you were diagnosed, you were looking for a community and yeah, you had that stuff in mind because uh, like I didn't, I'm, I assume a lot of people probably don't. Like I never yeah. even thought like, oh, I could find somebody and sit across from them and ask them what they're doing when they eat. Yeah. I was just like, oh, I have to figure this out. I think that's a pretty new concept actually. Mm. You know, I mean, because what is, what is a doctor going to do for you when you're 18? Like send right. you to a church basement to like, what's the diabetic you know, equivalent of an AA meeting, you know, like there's, there wasn't, I mean, meetup.com really did kind of revolutionize that thing of just like, let's get a half a dozen people with the same interests in the same room and see what happens and make that super accessible to anyone. Like it's, it's the easiest thing to remember Mm meetup.com. And, and I did need it, but my, my diabetes educator said to go and get it. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Like at first I, I really didn't, I wasn't super keen on the idea. It seemed a little corny at first. So I didn't, I didn't go right away. It did take a few weeks, um, but I did go and I'm glad I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think even just the idea of like a diabetes educator, probably the idea of a diabetes educator at all is fairly new. And then the idea of that person saying to you, go out and find the community is sort of new. Cause that has been my advice to other people who are my age who got diagnosed and they too have been like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And I think, you know, maybe there's more of that for kids too. Sure. Because they have camps and. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, because I wasn't diagnosed when I was a kid, but it seems like there's more resources. Mm-hmm. I went to I a camp. I love that you do diagnose with a soft S. Diagnosed. Diagnosed. <laughs> diagnosed. <laughs> oh, it's just, it's one of those. Uh, a British friend of mine calls them mimosas. And I just, I love that. And I, I can't bring myself to correct him. Um, I, and they do have uh, camps for adults. They and do. that, That's that. thing that is a bridge too far for me right now. Yeah. The idea of doing that is not super appealing and I don't, I don't know why. Why not? I don't know. I don't know if it's the self-loathing diabetic inside (laughs) of me. It's internalized diabophobia. Uh, I don't know. Maybe just, it might just be too much, too much diabetes. You can't really escape. It's just, yeah. And also, yeah. I mean, there's the element of like the cruise to it that like, what if I hate it and then I can't leave. You're stuck. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll, <clears throat> I'm not into the idea of like somebody quote unquote teaching me to do something. Sure. Like going to a speech or whatever. Like yeah. I like to meet other type ones and do stuff together yeah. as equals. Yeah. But I don't want to go and like have somebody <laughs> instruct me on whatever. James is not like to be talked <laughs> yeah. down to. Yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, sure. If it's like a surfing pro teaching me to surf, sure. But like a diabetic teaching me how to do something as a diabetic. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, yeah. yeah, I guess. I think adult to adult, it would probably be more just like, here's what I do. Yeah. You know, whatever. That's true. You know, I, I almost don't... went to, um, I kind of chickened out. I haven't surfed in age. I haven't surfed since uh, my diagnosis. And so um, there, there was like this perfume company that advertises on one of my podcasts had like, they're introducing a new surf kind of, fragrance or whatever. And they were doing like an all day, a Seinfeld episode, the beach. No, I don't remember it, (laughs) but but they were doing a, they were doing like an all day, you know, surf uh, camp type thing in Malibu. And I wanted to go and I've got all the gear and everything. I've got my wetsuit and I've got my surfboard and all that. I just haven't done it because I don't like, I would have to be away from my 
phone and therefore my Dexcom, yeah. you know? And it's like, you could put the phone or put the receiver in I one guess of those I could like put it in a Ziploc and then put it in those like special bag things sure. and wrap it around your guess. neck inside your wetsuit. And I guess it would at least vibrate. There is, there is a pouch in my wetsuit that I guess I could put the phone in. in but then like, would the Bluetooth communicate when you're in the, exactly. But only when you're in submerged, right? Like just don't, I don't wipe know if out. it's inside a wet wetsuit. Oh, this could, we might have to do some studies. Yeah. Put on the wetsuit in the tub or in your pool. I guess. See, that's and why then, you need the evidence. And then you come <laughs> out. Right. Yeah. Or the yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Sam Talbot is a surfer and he, you know, obviously is type one and everything. So I've asked him about that, but he's, he's like been at it for so long that he understands his body oh, and all yeah. that kind of thing. I've never been surfing and it's on my list. Like I need to it's get on that. It's fun, but like the ocean already freaks me out. And then this whole extra added element, mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know how to do it. I also don't, I don't want the Dexcom to like rip off when I'm, you know, I have a shorty wetsuit and I don't, you know, I don't want to lose it in the surf. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess do it on like the last week that transmitter dies. Like once you get the Maybe. one week warning, just yeah, go. Just go. Who knows? I mean, are there other things you feel like you've not done because, because of diabetes, like, you know, you mentioned crazy carby meals, uh -huh. surfing. Uh -huh. Are there things? I don't hike run? as much. Okay. Um, but you run. I do run. Which is just fast hiking. Yeah. But also, I don't know. I feel like hiking, like long walks make me drop quicker um, than runs do. And this hot spin thing, like I, I kind of, I, what does that I do go up. I, oh, yeah, I stay run. very stable or I go up, but I also do it in the morning before I have any really active mm -hmm. insulin in my body. And so, um, I haven't done it like late afternoon. It might kill me in the late afternoon. Yeah. Sure. Actually, you know what? I have done it in the late afternoon and I did drop kind of quickly and I had to have a little gel, but I lift. Yeah. Um, but yeah, long hikes. I feel like that makes me, then I'm like down with two hours very quickly. Mm -hmm. James, this type one. How do you live beyond type one? Are there things that you don't do? Um, not that spring to mind. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you just have to think about type one when you do things. Really all that is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't join the military. Great. Or be a pilot. Yeah. <clears throat> or an astronaut. Can you Any not be a pilot things? or an astronaut? Not a commercial pilot. Mm. Pretty sure That's you can't be an safe. astronaut. Don't they draw the astronauts from the Air Force? So. Yeah. To get in the Air Force, you'd have to not be diabetic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's a few other things like that. Like you can't drive ambulances. Okay. Weird little, anything where like you're responsible for someone else's life, uh, like in an emergency type situation, yeah. you can't do. Yeah. Because we can't be trusted. I feel yeah. like certain drugs like, you know, I may be would have tried cocaine mm -hmm. if I wasn't diabetic, but because I'm diabetic, I wouldn't because it just freaked me out too much. You not not like saying that it's something I'm interested in, but just right. like in general. Are you, you afraid like you would drop or go like high or? I don't know. Just I mean, your heart I just feel explode. like, yeah, my heart would explode or I wouldn't know. I wouldn't feel that sensation or whatever. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to control yeah. anything. You would have, yeah. I'm not into anything that would like alter my mind and my sensations such that I feel like 
I maybe wouldn't be able to control it. Gotcha. You're not missing anything. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. But yeah, that's about it. Yeah. I feel like we should just end on James lamenting on being unable to um, rueful lack of cocaine. cocaine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The sad music starts playing. I probably wouldn't try cocaine anyway. Yeah, don't. No. But just, you know, thinking about my boundaries of what is possible. (laughs) Yeah. You can do anything. You just don't want things that will stop you from being able to. I feel like if I bungee jump, my pump would like fly out of my pocket. Sure. Sure. That seems like an unnecessary concern. Like, and also why would you do that? I haven't uh, jumped out of an airplane since, Yeah, but I don't really have any reason why I wouldn't. I'm not on a pump or anything. Yeah. I just haven't done it. I've done it, but not since. So this may be a jump, but so to speak, so to speak, do you think having type one has made you more aware of your own mortality? And has that pushed you to live, you know, YOLO mm-hmm. or stay at home with, you know, all the doors locked mm-hmm. because, you know, you've got to grasp onto, you know, what, I don't know little little life we have left yeah because it's no, so I fragile think I'm, I'm more fearless since i feel like i've actually thought through not what death would be but what like really needing medical assistance very quickly would be mm-hmm. um and i've gotten myself through it and i yeah i think i'm i'm more confident in my ability to, to take care of myself yeah. i think james i mean <clears throat> it's a combination of those things yolo and sitting inside the doors locked or whatever like i feel like i'm more healthy because i'm type one because i'm more conscious of like what i'm eating what i'm doing my exercise uh like i'm sure that i exercise more and eat better than i would if i wasn't type one but then also like i am aware like you know it could kill you and like you will die and probably because of complications from type one or whatnot so it does make me think okay the clock is ticking i'm getting older like if there are things that i want to do should probably just do them and not talk about doing them. Right. I feel like the, I don't know if you were to ask most people, they would think that it would make you more afraid to do things. Yeah. No. And I don't know if that's a stereotype or not, or maybe because we're very active people. And I feel like, you know, with running and whatnot, with diabetes and there's sometimes when people first get into it, it's like, this is so scary because I could die. Right. And I definitely understand your your sense, James, of like knowing your own like mortality and sort of like maybe not coming to terms with it, but just being like, yeah, I could really die. Like, but also I could die walking across the street in Los Angeles and a car just comes through a red light. Right. Um, yeah, I think for, for me or, it's more the longer term thing of like, <clears throat> you know, I could die if I have a shitty diet and like just don't pay attention to anything and just let it drag on, you know, mm. whereas I'm not really so afraid of having a low blood sugar while I'm running or whatnot. Cause I know that I can just watch that and control it and fix it. Yeah. I think what's more scary to me is the unknown of like, 
if my blood sugar is 130 instead of 120, like, does that mean I'm going to go blind or whatever, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's like what we were talking about earlier tonight about the urgent lows. And you get them so often and eventually you're like, it doesn't seem so urgent. Like, all right, right I'm 55. Maybe I feel shitty. But I'm just going to eat some fruit snacks and just go back to bed. Like, mm-hmm. am I even going to stay up to make sure my blood sugar comes up or am I just going to eat 20 grams of carbs, go yeah. back to sleep and fi- no, it'll just, figure itself yeah, out. And if it doesn't, yell at me if, yell at me again. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I guess I, yeah, I feel like, I don't know. Maybe I feel like I've come to, I don't know if this is because of diabetes, but I just understand now that I, I will die at some point. Right. And maybe living with type one for so long and that makes it more apparent because there's more chances that that can happen. Even if, even if, yes, I'm not going to die from an urgent low tonight. Yeah. Like I just know I'm not going to, uh, knock mm-hmm. on wood. Um, so knowing that I, there's all these chances I could die and I'm not going to die makes, I don't know, me kind of just accept the fact that I will and it just will happen at some point, but it's not necessarily going to be diabetes. Like it's probably right. not going to be diabetes. Like I uh, was telling you guys last week and I went for a hike up in the Angeles mountains, um, you know, a couple hours, you know, three, four hours, something like that was not worried about my blood sugars at all. Like as soon as I saw them, it's starting to come down. I just drank a little bit of my sugar water, came mm-hmm. right back up. If it's starting to come up, I sort of just drank regular water. But it was when I was coming back down a mountain. Snake came around and bit you in the leg. <laughs> rattlesnake. Jeez. 10, 15 feet away on the side of the path. Like it didn't see it because, you know, the path is all, it's, barely wide enough for one person and it's yeah. all overgrown sites. Like it's in the mountains and just walking along, uh, talking, you know, with my friend Jesus and Greg. you just hear it. It was like, it was like a movie and it was loud. It was like, I, I can't even describe it. It, it. it was like someone holding a rattle up to your, it was that loud. And I heard it at the same time I saw it like move on the side of the path. Yeah. And yeah, I jumped two feet backwards. Wow. <laughs> Did you sprint away? No. How close were you to it? I, I was within 20 feet. Oh, okay. So I wasn't right on it, but it was, it was close enough to see and close enough to make me walk back 10 feet. And I just waited for it. We Jeez. waited for it to, to leave and then we ran as fast as we could past it. Yeah. But like that was the time when I thought, oh, I'm going to die. Like yeah. I'm going to run past where this snake was and it's waiting there and it's going to kill me. It wasn't, oh, I'm going to go low yeah. on this run. Yeah. Like I had oh, food refreshing. <laughs> so <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the moral yeah. of that story is. Like don't hike, yeah. I guess, is the moral. No, you got to hike. You got to hike. Bring a pole. Yeah. Um, you know what? I am going to try that Afreza, if you don't mind. Yeah. May I? Yeah. Want a little one? Sure. Yes, please. And it's two units? Two and a half. Two and a half. Okay, I'm at 208. I've got... Oh, you're using uh, okay. In pen app. Okay. okay, hold on. But I've got like three, three units. units on board. So if you tell it you're... What is it, 209 or whatever you are? Uh-huh. Does it say you should take more? 
See? And it says eat 10 grams of carbs. So maybe I oh. shouldn't. No, I think you should because like, I'm skyrocketing. Are you? From whatever it was we ate. Well, because this now? also, yeah. like that was, you know, that was a hot dog and there's, you know. Protein and stuff. Yeah, that's going to keep. The stuff keep that's not in me. the carbs. Yeah. Yeah. How long ago did you bowl this? I guess an hour and a half. Mm. Hold on. Hold on, what was it? That insulin's going to stay in you for three half. hours, but. Uh, what do you think? How do we play this one? If it was me, I would take the I would take it. Yeah. But but I don't know if I'm the person you should trust. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. And there's no like there's no smaller. We can pour some of it out. Mm. It's a thing people have done. Really? Yeah. Mm. But then if you're getting like one unit of insulin and you're two oh nine. Right. Is that what you would normally do? I don't know what I would do. Because part of my thought is like when we give the carbs for something, it, right. we're not telling it, oh yeah, we're also eating, you know, 30 grams of protein, yeah. 10 grams of fat, and that's yeah. going to delay this for yeah. this long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so maybe even, your insulin covered yeah. those carbs at first, but now everything else is just sitting there. Or maybe those carbs are also just sitting there mm -hmm. being digested with all the protein and fat. And that's what, I didn't... You, take the hot dogs into consideration at all. Yeah. It's like, mm. you know, thickens. if I eat a, a low carb dinner at night, I can take my insulin and know I'm going to be fine. But if I eat anything else, a lot of protein or a lot uh -huh. of fat, or even just a lot of carbs, uh -huh. I can be f in bed with a slight down arrow at yeah. 160 and I can wake up at 250 an oh, hour totally. later. Yeah. Because it just, and you look at a turn and just, it just does a yeah. U-turn. Yeah. And I don't know how or why it's doing that, but. The next one, the next little. Dot will be the The next indicator. dot is going to, it's going to tell the story. But the, I guess this here is the, the community example you're talking about. It is. Yeah. We're just it doing is. it with a presence. As we're trying out new things. And that's the thing. There's always going to be some new thing to try out, you know? Yeah. That someone else mm -hmm. will have tried before or that I have tried before somebody else. Yeah. So and you can't see. talk about this with a doctor. You can't talk you about really this can't. with a... My doctor's pretty actually pretty good about answering texts. I'm not as needy as I was a couple yeah. of years ago, but uh, <laughs> but he is he's good about, you know, about getting back. Yeah, but mm -hmm. you're not going to text your endocrinologist when you're like, but oh, I have. 209 I have. with 2.9 units yeah, on board. Not. An hour and not, a half ago, this is what I ate. Not what like would that. you do? Not like that. I did get to him once because I was like, I think I maybe forgot to do my um, basal this morning, but mm -hmm. I don't remember. And, you know, just like, you know, you do need to know what it's going to look like if yeah. you do that, you know? So like, what was his advice? His advice was like, you know, he, he said to like, you know, to look at my... Wait and see if you go up. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. you know, it, here's what will happen in 12 hours if you did forget. Yeah. And I didn't forget. Well, it's always like the you know, first time you experience something and it's scary. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, no big deal. Right. Right. Forget my basil all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm good. I know what to do. Mm -hmm. I am not actually. This is what I've, um, I guess if I was to give it, you know, lots of people ask for advice for running, like right. in our Facebook group or in emails and whatnot. And, you know, there's no, like we all know, there's no formula. There's right. no eat this much, do this temp basil, start at this far in advance, run at this speed. Like, like it's always changing. Uh -huh. And 
the the only answer I've been able to figure out for myself is just to do it a lot. Yeah. And you screw up most of those times. Right. And it's only by doing it so often that you know how you're going to screw up. Right. Like how your body's going to mess up so that you can't anticipate that. And if it's yeah. like you're never actually like anticipating the problem. Like my, like, you don't know my blood sugar is going to go down. This is what I'm going to do. It's my blood sugar is going down. Now what do I do? You're always yeah. reacting yeah. and something like that. And because you can never see the future because there's way too many things to see. Right. So um, over prepare as I've done like a Hooters girl, but with <laughs> gels instead of shots on the bandolero belt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then you're going to be fine. And just know that you're going to be fine. And then just, have been fine enough times and gone through that enough times that you know, okay, mm -hmm. if I'm going down this fast, this is what I do. Right. And you just know that from experience and you have to do it so much that it's just ingrained. Mm -hmm. I've gone down one. In five minutes. Okay. Five minutes. James still thinks you should take it. I, I think I probably should face. too. Right? Yeah. yeah. Here we go. Dave died later that night. <laughs> as, we um, as we just said... <laughs> Oh, we're not going to die. Uh, I also don't know how to do this. You've done a Fresa before. I know. Once, like years ago. Okay. So you hold it, hold it sh sort of straight up. Like this? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like that. Okay. Does a Fresa no, no, flip that around? Flip it around the other way. The other way? Does a Fresa one of your sponsors? I don't know. I, mean, I don't think that's right. Along with Better Living Medical? Oh, yeah. Better living now. No, no. Flip it, flip it around. I don't you understand. Want the, no, no, no. So the, the white part goes down. It goes down. I see. And it goes in like that. Yeah. I see. Okay. Okay. So now. Now I do. Close it and keep it vertical. Or not vertical. Like, hor like horizontal this? this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This way. So the opposite of what you just said? Yeah, the opposite of okay. what I said. Okay. And now you pull that off. Pull this off. And now exhale. <sighs> Stick it in. And then. Yeah. Okay. And you're done. It felt like an after school special. Yeah. Out of Range is a production of Beta Cell and is produced by me this week. I do all of our recording and editing. It sounds really obnoxious to say that. Uh, yeah, I do it. it. Take it. Subscribe to Beta Cell wherever you listen to podcasts to get out of range downloaded automatically onto your phone every week. And if you love what we do, you can support us on Patreon and we'll send you some swag. Visit patreon.com forward slash beta cell for more info. I'm Craig. I'm James. I'm Dave. And this is Out, out of, of Range. range. It's come down to all we got is us now Who gon' stand up? Who gon' shut down? My respect's earned, ain't no handout If you ain't know, you about to find out who I am now All eyes on us Let's all rise up